He's the owner of the most educated feet in professional wrestling. Some would call him the professor. Some might call him infamous. We call him the host of the show. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? It's time for the Undisputed Podcast with Bobby Fish. All right, welcome back to another episodic show of the Undisputed Podcast. We got a man today who's been everywhere, done everything. Some say he's outspoken, but we like that. Yeah. Joining Dennis and Robert and myself, who is who? It, it's the, he is a regular live wire, Mr. <laughs> Austin Aries. What's going on, guys? It Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me for what might be your last podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it. Yes, we are that's, trying hard. Right. That's been the goal since we started. Yeah. And we, I just uh, uh, I just saw uh, Control Your Narrative was voted like the third or fourth worst promotion of the year. Congratulations. And, uh, yeah, I took a lot of credit for that. I was like, before I, before they signed me up, they weren't even on the radar. But then once they started using me, everyone hated, hated the shit out of them. So. There you go. Uh, there you go. Yeah. The art of the heel. There we go. <laughs> yeah, we we called in the left hander. We said, "Give yeah. us, uh, give us the vicious vegan." There he is. Yeah. Yep. You were a baseball player, right? Yeah, yeah. I grew up playing baseball. I I had uh, reservations of being a major leaguer, and then I started drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes at fifteen. Kind of stunted my growth a little bit, and. Uh, <laughs> For some reason, the scout the scouts aren't drooling over five foot eight left handed pitchers that only top out about you know 80, 84, 85. So yeah, uh, yeah they but, were kind uh, of the same way with the uh, upstate New York five foot eight uh, white linebacker. Yep, um, yep. That's the one. Yeah, necessarily beaten down my door. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one so, thing I, I I get lots. You know, I'm sure you 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 understand this, but you get lots of uh, people commenting on on you know your lack of of size or your height. You know, all these all these short jokes, which is funny because nowadays in society we can't make fun of anybody no. for any for any for anything that you know they you, know, you can't make fun of people for the, the, the kind of shape they're in, for obviously for the color of their skin, for the religion, anything, right? Sexual orientation, it's all off limits except. If you're short, <laughs> fuck you, yeah. you midget. That's like the one thing it's still okay. Yeah. But it doesn't bother me because again, as an athlete, as as I'm sure you know, you you agree with me. We've been measured by our measurables our whole life and told we can't do this, we're not gonna be able to, you know, be as good here. And I'm immune to it. It doesn't bother me. It's just an interesting phenomenon that now we're so culturally woke to be so yeah. caring about people's feelings. Except short guys, fuck them. Short, straight white dudes, fuck right. them. Yeah. They're, yeah, yeah, they're fair game. That's it, because they ruined everything, game. right? We ruined everything. Yeah. We yeah. did. Yeah, we did. Short white guys are like the the bane of existence. Yeah, yep. I don't like short white guys. Well, I don't either, because because there's only a handful of spots in the wrestling business, so you guys are all my competition. Right. Right. You know? Beat it. How many under five foot ten white guys can you have on a roster? You know, like not very many. Yeah. Well, WWE saw us and decided to make us a faction. Right? Yeah. I mean, not one of us over. Like we used to no. call Kyle Big Man because Kyle <laughs> Kyle's five ten and a half. Yeah. Right. 
There's something about when you have three digits in your height, though, right? Like yeah. five in a one zero, like that's three numbers, right? When you're like yeah. five eight, it's only two numbers, and it just seems a lot shorter. It's not it those. Yeah. <laughs> two inches doesn't make that much of a difference. Ask on any of my ex girlfriends. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that. Well played. Well played. All right. Well, where are we kicking this thing off, Frank? Left Don't field. say in my nuts. Okay. Yeah. Talk about starting up in the business in Milwaukee. What were you watching at a young age, and how did you get into this crazy, wacky world of professional wrestling? So what you're telling me is you've listened to none of my interviews the last 20 years that I've done. <laughs> well, you're, you're from Milwaukee. Hey, you like thanks, the NWA. Hey, thanks for, thanks for coming with something original. I appreciate it. No, I'm, I'm just messing with you. Um yeah, one more time for those who haven't heard it, uh, the last 174 times I've told this origin story. Um, but no, yeah, I grew up in Milwaukee. So, you know, AWA came on my television uh, about the age of four or five. Before that, I was into the Army. I was into G.I. Joe. Um, my uncles both served. My grandparents both served. And um, so I was kind of an Army kid. And that at that age, had all the had all the uh, like their old army props, like fake grenades and bullets and stuff. And then I saw AWA wrestling and I'm, and I'm ashamed to admit it at this point uh, with everything we know now, but the first guy I saw come on the TV screen was Buck rock and roll Zumhoff. Buck Zumhoff. Yeah. yeah. You know, so if you, if you, you know, if you erase the whole like pedophile thing, um, <laughs> Uh, it's a hard well, it's just, you know, it was, you know, at, at the time I was, I was, I was a white kid learning break dancing. So here comes a guy <laughs> out with his boom box on his shoulder and yeah. dancing around and he had charisma and, oh, um, yeah. he obviously was trying to appeal to kids, obviously. And, uh, yeah. And so, but, but that was kind of the beginning, right? Like what, what, what is this? And then, yeah, I grew up watching the, the eighties Crockett stuff, which to me, you know, I think we always, when yeah. we first get into wrestling, whatever era that is, wherever we watch, that'll always be wrestling to us. Yes. So for me, wrestling will always be early 80s NWA Crockett with the Horsemen yeah. and Dusty and Sting and, and the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express. And so when I think stuff. of like wrestling, that to me is wrestling and everything else is just an imitation. Yeah. To, I, I, I will say the same thing. Um, I Being an upstate New York kid, I think I... I got exposed to WWF, WWF first. I definitely sure. did. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was a Hulk maniac, but it wasn't until I saw NWA that, like, to me, it was something about, like, oh, okay, but that's real. Exactly. Yeah. You, that's like, the difference I made. Like, I don't remember that moment where, like, I realized it was fake or real, like, you know, like the, when you realize Santa Claus isn't real. I don't remember it. I think there was, like, this natural transition of always kind of getting it to some extent. Yeah. But when yeah. I watched WWE, it was always like, oh, this is kind of over-the-top cartoony. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the NWA, like, that's dirty and grimy and, like, that's, that's, that's authentic, grimy. you know. And um, grit. Yeah, and so that's just always what I gravitated towards, you know, Me for too. sure. Yeah, I think you threw too. Frank for a loop with that Santa Claus comment. Yeah, Frank, were you not in wrong. on that secret? Nah, nah. Shit. I, I gotta Frank's, go. Frank's still waiting for a couple <laughs> of 50 cent pieces under his pillowcase when he lost his teeth. Right. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's all right. Keep waiting, Frank. Yeah. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> Dummy. Day's room. 
The Rock will drop those two fifty cent pieces off. For you. Uh, that's true. But, hey, but the I, Rock, I tell you what, little known fact: the Rock isn't real either. That's true. He's that's not. True. Oh. Um, yeah, I real. think I think part of the appeal back then as a wrestling fan too was because the two major promotions were so distinctly different yeah. that what what it was going to be like when again you know Arn and Tully went to WWE how are they going to be presented how are they going to fit in you know because it was such a different world yeah. what Vince was doing was just such a separation from pro wrestling you know it's pro wrestling yeah. and it was sports entertainment yes. And then two totally different, um, you know, both cars, but, you know, one a Buick and one a, I don't know, Subaru. <laughs> like, yeah. just Pontiac. very different. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I could have I definitely thrown a better. Uh, one was like a pickup truck and the other one was like a, a convertible, you know, like. Yeah. There, you go. there you go. Yeah. Much better. Much yeah. better said. But, yeah. Awesome. That was good. Do you watch today's program, and what do you think about the um, – is blood overused? Um, I don't really watch wrestling much anymore. Good and I really, I really haven't for years. Um, you know, I think – and I, I have this conversation with guys that are newer, newer in the business. But, you know, when you start doing this or have aspirations to do this professionally and you start to understand more of the inner workings of the business, it just it, – for me, it changed the way I watched it. You know, and um, and and so with that, also, I think, you know, when you ask most people, when did wrestling grab them? We were kids because that's who yeah. it's really catered towards. So as I've as I become an adult and I have other interests, you know, I don't spend a lot of my free time watching wrestling as a fan. Uh, I keep up with wrestling uh, for my job to be informed because this is what I do. But I don't get excited about uh you know, whatever pay-per-views on or this or that. So, so, you know, and I'll just admit that because I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm some expert of today's product um, because I don't sit and watch it, uh, you know, enough to, to say that as far as the blood thing, I mean, you know, the, the problem is when you, when you let the cat out of the bag, you can't put it back in. And so once we've peeled the curtain back in so many different areas, you know, it's like when you, it'd be like a magician explaining to the people that he's not really cutting the, the lady in half, even though he's trying to perform the magic trick and then he's squirting blood on everybody or, you know, it's just, yeah, I so totally I, I think it's only overused because you're not really fooling many of the wrestling fans and, um, you know, you're not fooling any of them. No, except for except for the kids, right? Except but even the there, kids, I mean, right. but but they have the internet now, so they can go look that up, yeah. right? When you know, yeah. they, there's nothing a secret. So, yeah, you know, one of the things, and, and and maybe where I'm the old man yelling at the clouds. Me and Bobby joked about this when he when he came on my podcast, the Austin Aries Show, cheap plug. Um, you <laughs> oh, know, what? Cheap. not cheap. Yeah, not but cheap. just that there's things that people have done to get themselves over and one of those is to peel the curtain back and go hey we're all in on the joke together we're i'm just like you i'm a fan just like you we're all in this joke together but when you start making a joke out of it and when you start revealing the magic because this is magic when you start telling people how you do the magic that might be good for you individually and you might have a nice contract or start your own promotion but for everybody that comes after you now they have to deal in that new landscape where there's no more magic yeah, the magic's the magic's sucks. gone, and yeah, so that's and the that place sucks. we're at. So, so to my thing is, well, if, if we all told them it's fake, then why am I going to go cut myself? 
Yeah, I agree. We just had this conversation. Yeah. I was talking to the boys about this, and I said, like, really, uh, you know, and I grew up seeing blood. Like, I saw the thing that, that I loved about the NWA, the Crockett years that we just talked about, like, the first exposure I had to that was Saturday morning television. They were showing, like, a recap of Starcade or something, and Dusty was bleeding buckets. Probably just like, from smiling at that point. <laughs> right. has so much scar tissue on his forehead. These guys could like just do this and yeah. be gushing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, this, this is, you know, this is real. Um, but with it as overly exposed as it is now and the opinions being whatever the fuck they are online, it's like, come on guys, like get a fucking life to, be the guy out there bleeding buckets at this point. I don't know, man. It makes me wonder like who's the mark. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, you, you know, I, I feel like anything can be done if it's done the right way and we can all debate what the right way is. If you're in a, if, and if you're in, if you're in a blow off, uh, you know, dog collar match, you're in a blow off steel cage match. Maybe, maybe you get some blood because maybe I don't know. Maybe it did happen a hard way. You know, I mean, there, there could be, there, there could be something there that we don't know about, but I say, if you're really committed to the business and you want some blood, then go smack a guy in the nose and break it and give me some real blood. Right. If you're really yeah. committed to your craft, at this point, you know, yeah. at this point, be sitting there cutting yourself with a razor blade. If you're a badass, yeah. and you, you know, go do it the hard way. I've yeah. never in, in 20, 20 some odd years, I never bladed. I've now I've bled, but it's always been a hard yeah. way. And I'm not saying like that I did any of those on purpose. Um, it's just, if it happened, it happened. And like I said, at this point, I just don't see the sense in it because it is, you know, everything has been exposed yeah. and it's not cool to be a fan and not be smart, you know, yeah. quote unquote smart. Cause that, yeah. And I should I, clarify when I say do it hard way, I don't mean with a light tube or a, or a, yes. or a pl- pane glass <laughs> window. Yeah. Don't even get me started on that. So I, I think I've, I think oh, I've go got, there. I yeah, want to hear we'll, this. We'll go there. We'll go there. We'll, we'll go I there. I want to hear this. But, so I think, I think <laughs> I've gotten, I think I've gotten color like maybe three or four times in my entire career. So the first time was, was when I was still like maybe two years in. Right. And this was when I was still, tra- you know, like, kind of being a mark because i'm still new to this and i was doing a two out of three falls match i overshot my opponent on a acai moonsault to the outside i i hit a, a screen came down got knocked out on the concrete completely out cold Good this Lord. is before this is before we knew about concussions and stuff so they, my opponent who's a friend of mine rolls me in the ring gives me like the worst splash of all time where he doesn't even touch me covers <laughs> me one two three to fit to end the match but it's only the first fall I come to oh, completely unaware that everyone was in there checking on me and I'm grabbing right. the ref's leg going call for the bell. I had no idea. I'm out. Right. They reluctantly start the, start the second fall and here's where I'm going to get color. So, so now I'm like concussed trying to get myself color for the first time. So I'm, <laughs> first so I'm, time? Oh, yeah. For the first time ever. So I'm outside the ring and I'm like, I'm like, Oh my God. I like do this and I see some blood. I'm like, all right, I did I get after the match, I go look at the back. It looked like a kitten had scratched me on the forehead. <laughs> it was like the worst. Like you learn now, it's not about how long you go, it's about deep, right? Poke and twist, poke and twist. I'm sitting like scraping myself with like a little kitten scratch, thinking, oh, I did a good job. 
all concussed. <laughs> Probably better for me that I didn't get good color on that one. Um, yeah. The next time I remember was, I think I was wrestling Samoa Joe, Ring of Honor, and my mother was sitting in the front row. And so Joe does that kick, right, where he comes with that yeah. kick. In the corner. In the corner. But here yeah, I was in the, the corner of the barricade, the uh, face wash. Yeah. And, of course, those old Ring of Honor barricades make a good noise. So I'm sitting down there waiting, and he comes, and he gives me the kick. And I'm like, all right, here we go. (laughs) And I crawl up the barricade right to my mom, just bleeding. And she just fucking (laughs) busts and starts crying. And I'm like, yeah, got her. Got her. And I think the the other time I remember was was, – Feuding with Jimmy Jacobs, and it was a it was a blood feud. It was a dog collar match, or sure. an I quit I quit match, and it was like the blow off, you know. So mm-hmm. there was usually a rhyme or reason, except for the first time. The rhyme and reason was just I was you know green ass punk and concussed, <laughs> trying to get over. Uh, we'll get some blood here, you know. Um, but yeah, I've always been very, you know, like they always say, red red, red equals green, and and we know in this day and age, fucking not much equals green. So if you know. <laughs> If I'm not going to get paid a little extra for it, I don't need to go cutting myself up for it. No, yeah, no, sir. No, nope. no, sir. I, it's not a. I mean, uh, you know, being somebody who uh, was a huge fan of, uh, we talked about it of, of the Crockett years, um, and then being in today's reintroduction of the war games, like you know, the blood was a big part of what I watched as a kid. Sure, um, but. There was really no, uh, you know, I, I, and the only blood that, that, um, existed in those was Hardwick. Um, and, and the only, uh, right. I, and, well, I don't know about the one since I left NXT, but the first four, the only blood that anybody had was Hardway because nothing was planned for anybody to get blood. Sure. Um, I know in the last one, my blood was coming from the back of my arm, but that was because, uh, I, uh, I severed my tricep right. So, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, it's it's also because back then, you know, when the show was over, Arn Anderson didn't go on Twitter as Marty Lundy, and, and <laughs> thank thank I want I want to thank Ricky and Robert for a great tag match tonight. It was that was great. I love working those guys. Like the fuck. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, I, you know it's the ass backwards way that like so much of of even our society because you think like it's you look at some of the um stuff with mma and and whatnot and guys will before the fight speak in a certain way and say certain things and blah 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 and then after the fight they fucking ruin it they come on and they go well you know that was i was promoting the fight like don't then ruin the the fucking mystique, like, you know, if you're going to be the asshole, be the asshole. Well, and all it takes is a little, and this is, I think the part that's always been frustrating to me, because we're supposed to be the workers. We're supposed to be the smart ones. And all it takes is a little bit of thought and carefully crafting your words, right. To, to not completely expose it. So in your example, post MMA fight, you're talking a bunch of shit to this guy after the fight. Instead of saying something stupid like, well, I was just promoting the fight. I don't really hit the guy. You can say, you know what? Going to that fight, I totally had no respect for that dude. After those three rounds, I got respect for him. I might not like him, but I got respect for for his game. There's a way to do this. One thing I've always done after matches, right, if I want to go talk to my opponent and say we're we're in a bar after the the show, 
And I know there's a bunch of fans around. I'll go up to the guy. If I'm leaving for the night, I want to say goodbye. And I'll just start doing my, my finger in his face. Hey man, thanks a lot for the, for the match tonight. I appreciate it. Don't you? Because anybody not with an earshot thinks I'm over there giving this guy the business. Think yeah. there's still an issue. This is what I did with the John Morrison match bound for glory. Right. Which basically I, I worked the entire locker room because yeah. that's where the marks are nowadays. Cause they're feeding everything yeah. to the dirt sheet. So they get an extra star on their match. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I knew we had all these people believing that me and John had legitimate heat, right? They're really upset about my tweet. And so that whole night that when we were calling the match for bound for glory, I would sit there and I got my arms up and I'm doing this and I'm walking away and I'm like being all animated and doing all this shit to them while we're talking it out. Cause I know that all these other kids that are sitting 30 yards from us are going, well, shit, man, those guys really got a problem over there. Right. And it's like, because that's what you have to do nowadays to work the, to work the marks. You got to work the marks in a locker room first, because then they go and spill that shit to the dirt sheets and then everyone's work. Right. And that's why they all think it's real. Right. Oh no. Yeah. I really saw him back there. Yeah, of course you did. Cause you saw what I wanted you to see because I start working when I leave my house in the morning. That's right. Awesome. When I put on the Austin area, you think I, again, this is an Austin Aries figure, right? I got, I got a cutoff t-shirt. I got a little, you know, little head thing. on. This is what Austin Aries wears. If, I, if you were actually interviewing Austin Aries, I'd have my sunglasses on. I'd have a nice shirt, maybe a blazer. And once I put that costume on my, my show clothes, as I call them, and I walk out the door for the airport, I am now assuming a certain part of that persona. I am now going to work. And that's the way I was taught. And that's the way I believe it should be. You don't start trying to get heat when you walk out of the curtain. You get heat when you're sitting at the gimmick table before the show. You get heat the moment you see some fans in line before the show. That's, I mean, that's just the way that I was brought in the business and the way I've always thought about it. Yeah. I respect it. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome, but it doesn't do any favors in this day and age where, you know, you know. Yeah, but it's, it's respectable that you still, you respect the business. I so just respect, I respect the magic. This is supposed right. to be it's supposed to be a big magic trick. And like I know magicians aren't really again I use I use the the analogy of sawing the lady in half. None of us thinks he's really sawing her in half. Right. But he's not telling people I'm not really sawing her in half. Right. Why then why am I going to go watch your fucking show if you told me it's all fake? Yeah. The show is in the illusion of me not being able to figure out what's real, what's not, and how you actually do the magic. It's why I always hate it when guys are posting. Yes. How you do it. It's, it's like why I would never let my students, or I hate when guys are posting clips of them training. You know, uh, oh, here's me training these spots at my at, at, at my camp. It's like, stop showing them how you do the magic. I don't give a shit. I don't, like, who are you doing this for? I don't need to watch you do some tackle drop-down spot poorly, I might add, because you can't even lock up. Uh, you know, like, and showing everyone like how the magic is done. And again, that's just me being an old man yelling at the clouds because I grew up watching wrestling a certain way, and it's obviously shifted completely in a different direction in the last 20 years. And it's okay. It has shifted, and it's unfortunate that um, you know, but I don't I don't know really how to even address this without pissing some people off, but like yeah. bring it. Bring it in. So, you know, like you'll do a seminar or something mm -hmm. and you realize, okay, there is, mm, 
dare I say, sometimes not one worker in the bunch. No, a bunch of cosplay pro wrestlers. Yes. And and then you realize, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm truly just giving it away. Like, I'm giving, these are fans. These are, these are fans yeah. that have taken awful, awful, I mean, bumps that, like, I think to myself, like, how... Like it, ta- it looks like it takes effort to be that uncoordinated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, it, you know, but yet, listen, we're paying our bills. And well, unfortunately, yeah. you know, I, I it, and that's the part of it that sucks too, because yeah. some of that is it's the, it's it's the truth. Um, well, people say why why is it why is attendance down across the board for pro wrestling? Well, because the sixty guys that you let in the back used to buy tickets, but now you let them call themselves workers because they bought a pair right. of boots, right? <laughs> right. You know, right. or because yeah, they. Oh, and I, I always say, if, if, <laughs> my, my when we when we really have a smart audience, right? I'm waiting for the day when we truly have a smart wrestling audience, and some guy does some stupid bump, and they chant why. Why? 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 Not holy shit. Not holy shit. Just why? Like why? Why did you do that? That was fucking stupid. You know how much we pay for tickets tonight? We paid twenty dollars. Why? Then, then that's okay. Now we have smart fans. Until then, yeah, they're not smart. Yeah, yeah. I want that the next time I see color. My why? one of my. One of my Why? favorite moments was I wrestled I wrestled Abyss in his last I think it was actually his last ever match. We did a Monsters Ball match in Australia, and he insisted on putting me over. And I said, "Okay, but then you're you're going to give me thumbtacks after the match because I've never done thumbtacks. I'll never do thumbtacks again." But out of respect for him and my love for that dude, I was like, "After the match, we're going to tease him the whole match that it's going to happen. They're never going to get it, so they're going to be super upset." And then post match, set the table up, put me through the tax. So he, you know, we go through the post-match promo. He's supposed to take his mask off. If I if I beat you, you take your mask off. So now nobody thinks that I'm gonna win, right? I shitty roll roll him up after we teased everything and never happens. I cut the promo afterwards. You got you said you said you take your mask off, and he's shaking his head. Now I said, fine. I want to really embarrass you. Take off your shirt. Oh shit! <laughs> right? oh. So he punches me in the face. He sets the table up. He puts the tax. He choke slams me through the table, and the whole crowd chants, "You deserved it." <laughs> you deserved. It. I was like, "All right, I appreciate that. That's a good one, right? I did deserve it, and then I gave it to him." So that's as close as I've gotten to a why chant. You know, it would have been so much better if they chant, yeah. "Why, why?" Well, yeah. that was actually so. One of the uh, I listened to a couple different interviews today, and uh, one of them that I was listening to was something that you brought up about what you love most about being a heel and yeah. it's it's not you know the excuse to be a dickhead to people or anything like that it's actually it's because you like getting your comeuppance the and that's yeah that and yeah. that you know like hearing it put that way um you know for somebody that's been doing it as, as long as i have too like I, I, i'm like yeah there is some fucking odd um pleasure that you Taken, and I don't know what that says about guys like you and I. <laughs> well, I because I, ultimately it's like I want to make the fans happy. Yeah. I've just realized I can make them more happy by being the foil and giving them right. that satisfaction in the end than I can by being the hero. 
But ultimately, and this is why I tell guys they don't understand what being a heel is. Being a heel isn't insulting people or telling them they suck or putting heat on somebody. Being a heel is setting the pin, setting the pin up for the baby face, the hero, for him to knock down. And the better you set it up, the easier it is for him to knock down and the more joy there is for the fans when it happens. And so for me, like, I love being a fucking dick because I know the more of a dick I can be and the more I can get under your skin and the more I can make you hate me and more you turn your finger. No, no, no. That guy, no, he's really an asshole, not his character, but in real life that when I finally get my comeuppance, you're like, you're super satisfied and happy. And like that to me is the joy because, you know, in my experience, a lot of times, like, you know, the bad guys don't get what they deserve in real life. Right. They end up, you know, filming the Bill Bill and Melinda Gates foundation, you know, and buying all the farmland in the U S right. They don't, they don't, they don't get what they have coming to them. They, you know, they fucking make GMO mosquitoes to, you know, give everybody the vaccine through fucking mosquito bites. Sorry. Going off. Going off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like in real life, yeah. the bad guys fucking win more often Usually. than not. Yeah. And right yeah, in I wrestling, agree. here's this one opportunity to, in, for me, embody all the shitty characteristics I see are yeah. in people around me, or even, the, or even the characteristics of myself I might not particularly love, and accentuate right. those, knowing that in the end, I get to get what I deserve. Right. right? You deserved it, and that to right. me has always been my favorite part. I've never enjoyed really getting the accolades i much rather like take someone and give it to them and, and let people enjoy that moment yeah what a beautiful way to see it like truly i and, and i say beautiful a little bit reluctantly because i don't want yeah. you know i don't want to come off like corny about it but like it truly is kind of a, a beautiful way to to see this fucking weird ass business that we're in yeah um, but to see it through that lens, like it, it really, it, it makes it so satisfying. It, it is know? because I, because I think that is the lost art and, and here's why, and here's part of the reason why I think that is. And, and here's something I would do. So when you started paying guys on how many t-shirts they sell and their merchandise and the dolls they sell, well, then who wants to be the guy that gets the other guy over? So he makes more money selling more merch. So everyone has to, has become more selfish because they want to sell merch too. So nobody really wants to be the heel to get everybody else over because they want to, they want their check to be fat too. Listen, if I ran the WWE or if I ran AEW or if I start my own promotion someday, we're gonna have a merch pool, and we're gonna have everyone has a shirt, everyone has their doll, and all that money goes into a pool and it gets divided evenly through the crew. We're all working to sell shirts, not your shirt, my shirt, just shirts in general. And if this guy over here can sell more shirts than I can, because he's a better good guy and I'm a better heel, then that's what we're going to do because that's a hundred more shirts we sold. And we all get paid for that because if this guy doesn't lay down and make this guy a star, he doesn't sell any fucking shirts. Right. So instead of us all competing with one another to sell our own shit, how about we all work together to sell as much shit as we can and we all split that up and the guys in the bottom, it means even more to them because they're probably not making as much money, but now they, right. they're, they're getting an equal cut of the merch and now we're all actually working together, which is what this is supposed to be about is working it's together to, be. to create yeah. magic instead of everyone being selfish. And I see it on the indies all the time because there is no sense of like, camaraderies guys come in from all these different places and they're all just there to get themselves over to sell their fucking merch and that's it and they don't care about the continuity of the the show they don't care about the storylines of the promotion for that night it's about them their merch and getting over and i see it everywhere i go and you know what happens is nobody gets over 
True. Yeah, it's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah. Well, because what happens when you magnify that over the course of however many matches, eight matches, and everybody does the same shit? Yeah. Because there's a few things yeah. that that do get over, and it's a copycat business, and so yep. it, you just end up with ten carbon copies. On a, Every match uh, is forty nine fifty one, forty nine fifty one, forty eight fifty two. Everyone's yeah. at the same level. Right. Mm-hmm. Be imagine watching like basketball and every game was 98 right. to 101, right. 99 to 100. Right. Every baseball right. game, four to three, five, yeah. four extra innings. No, guess what? Sometimes it's 17 to two. Yeah. Sometimes the football score is 49 to seven. Not yeah. every, not every match needs to be, Oh, we're basically at the same level. As I wrestle yeah. these guys sometimes I'm like, listen, dude, you've been wrestling two years. I've been wrestling yeah. since you were like, I've been wrestling since you were just sperm in your dad's sack. Right. So do you really think at this point in our respective careers that if we get in the ring that you're just a little worse than I am, I'm just a little bit better than you? No, I'm going to fucking school you. Right. And you're going to hang and you're going to show some heart, but you're not like you're not there yet, bro. And that's okay. You can still get over not being my equal. Right. right? I'm not burying you. I'm not burying you. Right. I just had this happen in Canada. Right. I did. I did some shows in Canada and there was this kid who's a heel who doesn't really want to be a heel. He's one of these, you know, his young kid, his parents are there. He's selling his, his, his rookie, his rookie cards that he had printed. He made his own title belt to come out to, right. Has nothing to do with the promotion. Just, it's like his Taz title belt just takes it with him everywhere he goes. Right. It's, it's all about him. So the last night I told the promoter, listen, I need to be a heel tonight. This is this kid's hometown. He doesn't really want to be a heel anyway. Let me take the heel role in this tag match. We set it up. So his partner the night before who I, who we wrestled, um, he hit, he hit him in the face with the belt. That's how, that's how they lost. So that guy calls him out. This big guy, grown ass man calls out this kid says, Hey, you owe me an apology last night. You hit me in the face with the title belt. And then you lost to Austin Aries kid goes out, cuts it, cuts a decent, but again, a very, not, not a sympathetic baby face promo because nobody's sympathetic anymore. Every, everybody's a badass, even though no one actually is a badass, but everybody's a badass. <laughs> right. And I'm supposed to believe that. Right. And so, so basically this guy starts putting the boots to the kid. I run to make the save. I grab, I grab the mic. I pick the kid up. I said, Oh, you think you're a real big man picking on this kid? Well, I'm a big man too. And then I hit him with the mic and I start beating him up. Right. It's so good. <laughs> and then, well, and then I and then I cut I I cut this like scathing promo. Yeah, I'm a five time world champion. I've been doing this for 20 years. I've traveled the world. I've been in the ring with Hall of Famers, right? Super, like legitimate superstars. And I come here to Canada. What am I doing? I'm babysitting. Why am I babysitting? Why am I having to share this ring with kids? You're a kid. You don't belong in my ring. But if you want to prove you belong in my ring, then tonight you're gonna get a chance to prove it, right? And so I said, go find a part in the back. If you can't, maybe you go grab your two nine-year-old brothers. You see those that video of those kids that did that match, those nine-year-olds? No. Went viral. Okay, well, these two nine-year-olds did a match, and it went viral because they know how to do a reverse hurricanrana. Real smart. Real smart oh. let nine-year-old kids oh do God. that shit in a wrestling ring. Anyway, so I said, hey, if you can't find a partner in the back, maybe grab your two snot-nosed brothers and have them be your tag partner. I'll beat them up real good. We'll make another video go viral tonight, right? <laughs> So I cut this. This is the heat segment. I get heat. I cut a promo. I bury the kid. Okay, I do. Right. It's heat. I go to walk. I put the mic down. I go to walk back to the curtain and the kid gets back in the ring to cut a, 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 a retort promo. 
<laughs> so yeah, so I did a U-turn. It went right back out the curtain. Yeah. And got yeah. the ring, and the kid didn't know what was about to happen. Well, that's what happened. I just started not, not, really, not really beating him up. I'm not shooting on him, but I, you know, pro wrestled yeah. him and beat him up and yeah. kicked him out of the ring. I said, Oh, you think you get to have the last word here? You don't understand how this works. Right. Right. You need to go in the back before I beat you up and you don't make it to the main event tonight. <laughs> but so right. I had to go downstairs. So why did you grab the microphone? Oh, well, I thought it would be good. Well, don't think. You're right. You're not even you're not even 20 years old yet. You, you, you just, yeah. just listen. Yeah. You're I'm putting you over at the end of the night. That yeah. was the heat segment. That was for me to get heat. That wasn't your time for your shinery comeback. But dudes don't understand. It's not always about them to be over. I can't get you over at the end of the night if you have to have the last word there. And there was no sympathy for him because when he got back in the ring, it didn't act like he just got beat up by two grown men. There was no sympathy. When I came back out and beat up some more, they started cheering for me. Well, because you're acting, you know, you're acting all tough instead of being sympathetic, you know? And so guys don't understand the roles of what's a a, a heel and a face anymore, right? They really don't. And An alarming amount of the boys don't understand. They won't no. tell, they won't admit that. And a lot yeah. of them, I don't even think are aware enough to be able to admit it or deny it, but there's a good number that they just simply don't get that. They, they don't understand how that works. And I've come across many of them, you know, in the positions we've been in where it's like, you sure as shit can call your comeback. Sure. You know, you know every portion of that, but when I'm putting heat on you, you, you don't fucking know how to sell much. Right. And it's yeah. like, how do you get the cart before the horse? How do you, you know, it just seems. I just don't think it's being taught. And I think like the training, the training, the last, you know, 10 years plus is, has changed. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of these schools, they let these kids pay monthly. Well, if you're trying to keep them on the hook every month for another payment, then you teach them what they want to know, what they, not what they need to know. And, you know, like, you know, for me, when I, when I went, you know, trained in my school, I did the same 16 things over and over and over and over and over again for six months. I didn't learn anything new until I had the basics down and I understood some, some psychology of why things are done. When I ran the Ring of Honor school, you know, I got half their money up front and then told them nobody's getting in the ring for the first month. You earned the right to get in a wrestling ring. You don't just pay me and get in a wrestling ring. And there's a lot of things we can learn and do outside the ring before we ever have to get in there and worry about bumping or hitting ropes. And I'd weed guys out just that first four weeks because all they wanted to do was go learn the moves, you know. And so I think that's part of it. And, you know, we, we have to understand why we're doing the things we're doing, you know, and um and I just don't think it's necessarily being taught, you know, the different roles. There's a difference of selling between a baby face and a heel, right? There's just the way you sell. Just a way that you walk out and the energy you have. When I walk out of the curtain, you can tell pretty quick if you're supposed to like me or not, simply by the way I'm looking at you, yeah. right? You know, it's like, are you looking at your ex-girlfriend who broke your heart? Are you looking at your new girlfriend who just, who just you know, gave you a little roadhead on the way to the show? It's two completely different, two completely different looks, right? When you walk out of the curtain, okay? 
So it's the energy. I'm going to give you the energy I want you to give back to me. And then and then there's it's nuance. And we don't have a lot of nuance left in wrestling because it's become a video game. It's now just, you know, it's just it's it's Street Fighter, right? It's Mortal Kombat. But the nuance the nuance of how the spot works. So, and I'm not going to name who this was, but there was a guy who was, who was getting pretty hot in ring of honor when I was, when, when I was there. And I remember reading comments from the fans like, Oh, he's just too good to be a heel. Nobody, nobody will boo him. So I started Bobby watching. Some... No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry. And so I watched, started watching his matches. I'm like, well, nobody's booing him because he wins every sequence. Right. right? And the heel has to be the one who loses more times than not the sequence, right? right. If there's a strike exchange, I right. can get up for a second as the heel, but ultimately it's the baby who needs to win that to be the right. baby face, right. right? Unless I do something dastardly to, 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 to get the advantage. And so sometimes it's just about taking the same exact spot and switching up the way it's set up and switching the order of how it goes down that completely changes the context of who the who the hero and who the villain is, right? The spot can be exactly the same, but the order of which it happens dictates yeah. who we're going to cheer and who we're going to boo. And, and, you know, I don't think we put enough thought into that part of the creative process. We're too worried about the motion and not about the emotion that we're trying to get from that motion. And the way we do the things is what's going to dictate how people feel about it. That's a great way to put it. I mean, it really is a great way to put it because at the end of the day, like you are trying to evoke an emotion, that's it. you know, an emotion is the stuff that as a kid, that's the stuff that you remember. That's the stuff that stuck out to you and you couldn't yep. necessarily define why it just did. Yep. <clears throat> and that's, uh, you know, that's what we're trying to bring back. We're supposed to be trying to bring back today. It's all emotion. Think think of the guys that have been the most over that, that you know, if, if, if I start naming them, like, very limited skill sets. You know, it's like Hulk Hogan. Why did he get over? Yeah, he had a good look, but he knew how to sell, and he, and he had so much emotion, right? So much. Again, Goldberg, very limited skill set, but he had such, like, emotion and a, and a way he carried himself, his intensity to him. Yeah. You know, Dusty Rhodes, emotion. Right. Yeah. Ric Flair. Go watch Ric Flair. He, he got other guys over emotion, you know, his facials. And so, you know, and then again, I was using a guy like Dean Malenko as an example. This guy had a thousand and one holds, but he only got like maybe 10 bucks for each one of them. You know, yeah. Hulk Hogan had like four holds and yeah. got millions of dollars for each one of them. Yeah. And it should tell us what what's important in this. It's not about the holds. It's Truly, about the emotion. If I think about Hogan. Like if I if I if I create just the visual in my mind uh, from when I was a kid, it's Hogan on his knees, uh, yeah. hands down, like shaking his head, like just just the beginning of the Hulk. Right. You know, it, it's it it was part of his cell. That's like the quintessential Hogan for me. And it was six and six, three hundred pounds. Right. And now you got and guys that are five nine, a buck sixty five, and they uh, I can't sell. Right. I'm too tough. Right. I'm a yeah. I'm a tough guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when you're tough, you're tough. When you're tough, you're you tough. Can't just wash that off, dude. You can't. And when just, I you know. and when I do these seminars, you know, like that's every promo. I don't even get in the ring. I, let's cut a promo. Sell me on yourself. Sell me why you're different. Sell me why I should pay to watch you. And it's like all these guys are, they all want to be the best. They all want to be the champion and they're all going to kick my ass. 
And yet I don't believe that out of 98% of them. (laughs) Like legit. You know, it's like, you know, if Braun Strowman says, hey, I'm going to kick your ass. Okay. That's believable. (laughs) Right. When you're 5'10 and a pasty, you know, 220 with no muscle definition and you tell me you're going to kick my ass. I'm not buying it, dude, because you're not even buying it. Right. So I told this one guy, it's like, I was like, you're listen, hey, uh, enough of this, enough of these shitty pro wrestling promos. What do you do for your day job? He's like, oh, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I said, cut that promo for me. <laughs> well, what do you mean? I was like, cut a promo as a stay-at-home dad, Mr. Mom. I don't know any Mr. Moms in wrestling. Right. He starts cutting that promo about, oh, you think it's tough being in the gym two hours a day, try changing diapers at 5 a.m., picking this kid up, walking him around. Because right. like, it's like, Bro, that was more believable than anything you said sure. because it was real, right? We had another yeah. guy do one. He's a, he's a forklift driver. He cuts a promos, a forklift driver. Now I want to see this guy wrestle when he right. wanted to be, the, right you know, when he wanted to be the, yeah. When he wanted to be the best and he was going to kick my ass. That's bullshit. You're never going to be the best and you can't kick my ass. So yeah. sell me on something else. Now I believe that you're desperate to stop having to pick stuff up, put it down, pick it up, put it down. I'll do anything to quit my, my job as a forklift driver. That I believe. Yeah, right? I might steal that for seminars to come. <laughs> don't well, I mean, don't, take, don't put me out of business, bro. I, I ain't got <laughs> much left. I can't, you know, they won't book me anywhere. All I got is left are these seminars. Yeah. But no, but it's... Yeah. Well, it's, I got it's, an ice cream truck to fall back on. You know, perfect. I got my, uh, license. I was going to sell ice cream. Oh, nice. So maybe I'll, I'll get one. I'll do a ve- we'll do a vegan ice cream truck. There you go. Beautiful. Perfect. Um, yeah. But that's it, right? Because it's ultimately like... You know, how, how do you sell yourself and, and separate yourself? And we, we think too much in terms of pro wrestling instead of reality, but you got to dig into who these people are and what really motivates them a lot of times, yeah. you know? Well, and that's where you, I think the, the, the promo 101 comes from where, like, you know, you know what's coming because the guy says, and the fact is, yeah. you know, or the, At and the end like, of the day. Yeah. And it's like uh, in the in the in, in between those ropes or in the yeah. squared circle, like yeah. whatever the beginning is, you know, like okay, here comes you playing pro wrestler. Yes, <laughs> not getting a lot, anything. A lot of cosplay pro wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. But you know, unfortunately, we've all uh, we all fall a little bit victim to it before you kind of get it figured out. But I do think it's it's a shame. The amount of people that never get. So, what do we like about wrestling right now? Let's, let's shift gears a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I'll say this. So, to me, and I like you said earlier, you don't watch much of the product. So, um, I do still watch a good amount of the product. And lately, um, so I have a ten-year-old daughter who does love wrestling. Mm-hmm. She'll watch, you know, everything. And the stuff that I've been seeing, Seth Rollins, uh, Tyler Black, whatever you want to call him, um, and uh, Sami Zayn do uh, of late is, to me, on a different level. To me, uh, I feel, and especially I think maybe because I knew them both outside mm-hmm. of these runs, just to see that they, they were already good and then they've added these layers in the last couple of years that are like know they're untouchable they're you know it's rarefied air yeah and i and i've seen i've seen enough and i and you know with with uh with seth you know to me he's really found like his 
his acting chops to portray a character that that's not really who he is necessarily, right. at least the guy I, that I was around. Um, you know, it's almost reminds me a little bit when I kind of adopted this greatest man that ever lived gimmick, which was a complete deviation from the wrestling machine guy. I wasn't ring of honors. Like I'm going to be this right. over the top of obnoxious heel. And I see a little bit of that in his presentation with uh, Sammy. I get, the, I get the comparison. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I'm not trying to like take any credit for it or whatever, but it's just that evolution that I went through. That was like that next when it unlocks some stuff for me of like, okay, yeah. I can, I can be work rate guy, but now I've got this character right. to sink into. It makes but it, it opens everything up. Of that because yeah. I was trained by Tony DeVito and like you were in ring of honor and I kind of watched you go through from a distance, but I watched you kind of go through this little bit of a maturation and, and that was, was part of it. And the, yeah. the early, was definitely like I was telling these guys before you came on um, the Gabe Sapolsky era and like how the, the generation next, I think was one of the last things that he, uh, you know, brainchild of his that really did well and got over right. And You were very much the wrestling machine, uh, the workhorse. Mm -hmm. And then you shifted gears. Yeah, that's a shitty dollar to try to earn every night. Let me tell you that. And that's the first one that's going to go as you get older. So you better have something else to, to, to add to the game. Um, but yeah, so I see, I, as, as I watched, uh, you know, Colby kind of morph into this, it's kind of cool because it's a, it's a, I think it's, you know, it's not who he's, I've known him to be. He's kind of a pretty chill reserve laid back dude. So, and then with Sammy, I think for Sammy, it's just actually getting to be himself yeah, you know, like on character, because that he is like just a very lovable, likable guy, you know, and, and and he's got these quirks to him that, you know, that endear, that endears people to him. And he's been able to kind of let that out and then have these good, you know, have these good foils or these good, you know, characters to play off of with Roman and, and, and the Usos. Yeah. So they're and it re really nice to see, uh, you know, him getting the opportunity to do that. And it kind of again kind of like Daniel Bryan break the mold of what, a, you know, what they think a superstar is supposed to be and supposed to look like. And I feel like he very much has that organic back of the crowd, very much like Daniel had uh, okay. Brian had when, when he got over and it's like, you can't stop it. You can try to cut it off at the knees, but why not just go with it and listen to what the people want? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why those two stick out so much to me, you know, is that exactly what you, pointed out with this and what you've pointed out is the nuance it's it's the nuance and that's yeah. like that's when this business is really like clicking on all cylinders is when those uh those subtleties kind of just bubble to the surface and like if you tried to get them to bubble to the surface they would never happen but because they just do organically on their own Right. That's the magic. That's it. And, and, and yep. you know, <laughs> you see what I did there. I just took this full circle. It's the magic. <laughs> the magic. <laughs> the magic in my pants. Did I say that? Did I say that out loud? Yeah. All right. All right. Frank, Frank. Did, you, Frank did you just awesome. applaud the magic in Bobby's pants? What yeah. the fuck? That's all right. I appreciate. I, it. I got. I got. I got to put them over. Okay. Yeah. I That's right. my job. That's my job. Not a lot of people do when they talk yeah. about my <laughs> pants, but. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And someday right. it'll be uh it'll be poop, you know, because we're all getting older. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the days. How about you, uh Austin? You look 
looking forward to the Depends Diaper Day. I am. Nah, not too much. Not too much. I think I'm about um, a month away. You think so? Depends yeah. on who well, you ask on the internet. Good solid month, month of I mean, controlling my bowels. If it's my, if it's <laughs> part of my next ayahuasca ceremony, I'll I'll. Uh, <laughs> that's okay because that 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 kind of purging is good, but yeah, I prefer not. Have you? Uh, I've, yeah, I've, 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 yeah, I've done I've done a few store a uh, few ceremonies uh, okay. the last couple of years. So okay. it was really one of the big things that helped me uh, kind of um, you know kick my addiction to marijuana. Weirdly, you yeah. know, I was a pretty heavy chronic smoker for shit most of my life. Um, and, yeah. You know, and and not that there's anything necessarily wrong with it, but it, it certainly um, became a deterrent for me. It wasn't a healthy relationship and. After my second ayahuasca journey, uh, just no longer felt the desire to be high, weirdly. Okay. It's just I felt like I had uh, some better coping mechanisms and tools, and I kind of like having a clear mind as I kind of tackled life. So yeah. um, I think it can be a powerful, powerful plant medicine uh, if done when, you know, when it's calling people with the right intentions. It, it certainly will teach you some things that you, uh, you need to know. That's very cool. Very cool. Always been interested, but uh, never, never gone there. Yeah, I'm like the Aaron Rodgers of pro wrestling, minus the $150 million contract. Uh, So, you're a Packers fan. Do you think Aaron's coming back to the Packers? Do you want him back? Um, I all the smoke right now is pointing to uh, him playing elsewhere next year or not playing at all. It, It sounds like the Jets might be, might be the destination, at least that's the latest rumor. Um, which would be an interesting parallel to Favre's career, which, right, which right. kind of went yeah. the same track. Um, as far as do I want to back? I mean, you know, I, I think that I think both sides are a tough spot, right? They they invested a first round pick in Jordan Love. They've got one year to find out really what what he's got before they have to make a decision on his option, uh, twenty twenty million dollar option for his contract. So, um, and, you know, and I think sometimes, uh, you know with where they're at, they might be better off with a fresh start and, and, and Rogers might be better off uh, maybe, you know, playing elsewhere for the last few years of his career. And the jets have a pretty, a pretty solid team everywhere minus the quarterback position. And yet they, st- they still got a young quarterback uh, in Zach Wilson who could sit for a year or two behind Rogers and probably learn a lot and then uh, take the reins. So um, yeah, I, I'm a, I, I do follow out of football, obviously growing in Wisconsin. It's kind of like religion. Um, weirdly, weirdly, Aaron Rodgers actually, uh, no cheese though. No cheese. No cheese. V- I'm a vegan no cheese. cheese head. Right. Yeah. So you make up for it with football. Yeah, exactly. Make up for it um, by indulging in football. But, uh, but Aaron actually DM me, uh, in the midst of the, of the, uh, of the COVID nonsense. Um, you know, he was, he went on McAfee and talked about, uh, yeah. you know, his stuff. He got a lot of heat from it, you know, from, yeah. from those people that just believe everything the television tells them is true and um don't think for themselves and uh so yeah i kind of retweeted a couple things some some clips from the mcafee show and all of a sudden i got a direct message and it was from aaron Rodgers. no Um, and 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 the the basic gist of it was there's a lot of us that think exactly like this where they're just afraid to to use their voice right and and obviously he's in such a position where he didn't he was able to speak for a lot of his other players that were weren't in a secure position like Aaron Rodgers to sure. say the same very things that he was saying to question the procedures to question the narrative 
And so I think in some ways he was doing it for not just himself, but for a lot of the people underneath him that didn't have the luxury to do it. And yeah. uh, I thought that was cool that he took time out to just point that out that, you know what, Absolutely. like, oh, you yeah. know, if, if you know, it, it, don't be afraid to voice your opinion. Don't be afraid to question the narrative. Don't be afraid to offer a, a counter, um, you know, position or perspective on things because at the end of the day, none of us know anything, right? We're all taking educated guesses at best and everything we think is true is simply because we decided to listen to and trust somebody along the way who told us it. I always say the difference between me and another person is simply who we decided to put our trust in, what television station we did or didn't decide to say, nope, this is the truth. Because none of us have really the firsthand knowledge to, to, to say definitively if any of these things are true or not. And I don't care about any, any conspiracy theory that you throw up there. None of us know. So to rule any of these things out as complete nonsense to me is complete nonsense. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. One of of the things I've always looked at when people start comparing, like, what news they watch and then they point the finger at the other news. Yeah. And I just kind of go, you guys know that they're just kind of trying to make money because they're it's television they want ratings it's it's pro wrestling it's like no no no. i raw's real smackdown's fake fake wrestling (laughs) right no it's like yo you do realize like they're both owned by the same people right you know it's (laughs) like that's politics oh it's democrats it's the republicans okay they get paid by the same people they pretend to fight each other and then they go get paid by the same entities fox news and msnbc is the same thing. It's propaganda meant to divide people and distract them and tell them the version of the truth that the people in power want you to believe. So that's why as I start watching something and, I, and they'll start saying making a lot of sense and then they pivot to and that's why they you know that's why they were all attacking Donald Trump. It's like pretend like Donald Trump isn't part of it. Like, yo man, you don't get in that position. You don't get to be one of the two selections unless you're there for a reason. Nobody accidentally gets accidentally becomes a president because you don't accidentally <laughs> right. make the primaries. Right. And I can, and it's funny because when I used to drag Donald Trump for shit, then I, then I was a, you know, soy boy snowflake. When I, then when I, then when I, when I talk about weekend at Biden's and how that guy is just a, you know, invalid puppet. <laughs> now I'm a MAGA, now I'm a MAGA, MAGA Trumper. It's because if you don't, if you're not one of the two sides of the narrative, people don't know what right. to make of you. But I remember, I remember because I know pro wrestling. Okay. So if you understand pro wrestling, you understand politics. I remember the exact moment I realized Donald Trump was going to become the president. And I'm not even making this up. It was during the primaries. Okay. Before he was even the nominee, I was sitting somewhere doing some shit and CNN was in the background. Prime time, five, six o'clock. Okay. And for 10 minutes straight, they're just ripping Donald Trump apart. We can't believe this guy's even polling here. We can't believe that he's he's being taken seriously as a politician. So for 10 minutes straight, while they're while they're shit talking him, they're talking about who? Donald Trump on their primetime slot. And I know from pro wrestling, if that guy's not earmarked to be your champ, you don't put him in the middle of the ring with a microphone in your yeah. primetime slot. So even though CNN was not being nice to him, they could have been talking about any nominee. They could have been talking about anybody in the primaries, but they chose to talk about Donald Trump for 10, 15 minutes in their primetime slot. And all that did was legitimize him as an actual candidate, even though they were doing it by shit talking him. And that's the way this stuff works, right? They're both 
they're both pushing for the same agenda. They just have different ways they go about it. Yeah. And so that was to me. That, go ahead. I, I thought you were going to say that you knew he was going to be president when he shaved Vince's head. No, <laughs> no, no. But again, you know, it's like my dad's, you know, I asked my dad, who, who is his favorite president of all time? Ronald Reagan. I was like, well, what was Ronald Reagan, dad? He was an actor. You know, it's like, what's yeah. Donald Trump? Donald Trump's in the WWE Hall of Fame, right? He's a character. He's an actor. He was there to be the heel. He was be there to be the guy that got under your skin and pissed yeah. you off, except for the except for those heel marks. We're all going, yeah, we love this guy. He's a heel. And then all the people are like, I can't believe him. He's disgusting. He said, grab her by the <laughs> pussy. And it was just all to emotionally manipulate people. So, again, they're, they're voting on emotions, not on logic. They're not using a discerning mind. It's just it's party politics part, party partisan shit you know and i think the coat this whole covid thing showed me more than ever that people couldn't step back and think individually right with discernment they just could think whatever their party line told them was the right. thing to think yeah. right and and so it's very uh, interesting to yeah. me anyway yeah i think that's just the human need um i i think at, at the core of so much of this is that human need for tribalism right and to, to be a member of something um and it gets played to um so many ways that i think it just the the water gets so murky that well, they just don't they don't realize because like at the yep. but at the end of the day it's like it's the same it's the same thing and, and maybe that's why for me i've always kind of been a bit of a loner i've never really rolled with any certain group in high school i kind of floated around it was kind of cool with all the different groups but never had right. my click i think in wrestling the same way and it's it's probably hurt me a little bit because i haven't really yeah. built like strong camaraderie with any like group of guys i don't have like my guys in the back fighting for me i've always just kind of been my own dude yeah. And maybe that's why I kind of reject both sides of a lot of these arguments because I, I believe the truth. So is either, well, again, it's not even necessarily in the middle. If you keep two sides arguing about two fallacies, then the truth is somewhere off in left field and they're never even close to it. Cause you know, right. It's like, it's like now we're arguing about, Oh no, it's the lab leak theory. It's like, okay, well now that makes me think it, that's not it either. Now they want you thinking it's the lab leak theory because in essence, we don't want to admit that maybe it's 5g, because we don't want to talk about that. But for me, from a logical standpoint, we can't keep putting more electromagnetic radiation in the air and think that there's no cost associated with that. There's, there's no collateral damage, right? Like that, that, they're, they were worried about grounding planes when they were, when they turned the 5G on. So they're worried about the, the, you know, the, the airplanes because they're electrical, you know, we're electrical. So we're not worried about what might happen to human beings. But again, so my thing is always whatever they're telling us to argue about, that ain't it. So the answer must be somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. The, the whatever they're telling you to argue about is the shiny thing. Yes. That's the you know that's the shiny thing. Look at this. Yep. Look at this over here. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well. Yeah. Fucking a. Frank, uh, where where do you want to go from here? We can't let him go. We got we got to revisit the backyard bullshit stuff we were talking about before. I'm not letting him get in the way without. Let's hear it. Without I mean, what? The, I mean, what? the backyard wrestling, the the lighting, hard, hardcore. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Deathmatch shit. Deathmatch I was like, did you have a back backyard? So. Week? 
No. Um, I mean, listen, again, I told you what I grew up watching. Okay. So obviously yeah. that's a, a, a huge deviation from that type of, of pro wrestling. I'll just, I'll, I'll say this. A, it's just not, it's not for me. Like, like, like gore for the sake of gore doesn't do anything for me. Um, I find it disturbing. Um, that being said, if that is your art form, then learn how to fucking do it correctly and professionally. And I'll, an example is I, I did a joint show that had some hardcore matches and had some pro wrestling matches. And these guys in the match, and I've seen a lot of videos like this since, they're swinging these light tubes and their shards of glass going eight rows deep, right? They're breaking, they're breaking glass windows and there's pieces of glass flying into the crowd. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, to me, if you're going to do that type of wrestling, I think there's a way to do it that again, the art of pro wrestling is how bad it looked to how bad it was, right. you know? And if I take a lawnmower to your stomach and it gashes you open, there's not a lot of magic there, no. right? Not a lot of skill involved. You know what I'm saying? So this isn't about mutilating one another. This is about the art of, of staged combat. And there's nothing right. staged about taking a cheese grater to somebody's head and uh, and 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 cu cutting them open. So I just I don't understand what the art is, other than, hey, these guys like pain. They're probably not really, you know, they probably have some, you know, self self loathing issues, and you know, not a, not a lot of self love. And so, yeah, we all we're all a little masochistic if we do this to begin with, because nobody signs himself up to get beat up on a regular basis. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. But that takes it to a whole other level that I've just never quite been able to wrap my head around. Yeah, me either. It's yeah. never been my uh, my cup of tea. Um, few guys that I know that have, have you know gone that route, um, and they're uh, you know uniquely um, regular dudes. Otherwise, so I sure. do find it do find it strange in some ways. But yeah, it just is what it is, and it's it's not a, it's not a way that I will pay yeah. my bills. But, but, you know, like I've, I've had friends or like, you no know, went girls that they, you know, they, they hook themselves up to all the fish hooks and hang and, you know, the kind of more, you know, yeah, yeah, exhibition yeah. style stuff. And like, I can't yeah. wrap my head around that either. You know, I'm um, certainly not going to judge, but as far as in the pro wrestling uh, world, um, again, I think the, you know, the shock factor only lasts for so long and. I'll go out on a limb and say that the vast majority of these uh, of these men and women that are subscribing to that kind of wrestling aren't paying off their mortgage with it. No, but the but the lasting effects and the scars will will last the rest of their lifetime, and that's the sad part that yeah. you know sometimes that I see. Yeah, and and the truth of of that being as sad as it is, is it's like. You know, again, I just think it's the bigger issue when it comes to the wrestling businesses that, like, um, the marks, and and I don't even like the term mark, but like, I do, I love it. Almost Fucking marks. everybody, almost everybody, <laughs> is a mark on all sides of the equation now, and it's like, yeah. so then is everybody just a mark for pro wrestling in general? Like, I, I, I don't know. I'm a mark. I'm a mark. I'm a mark for doing this show last weekend. And seeing that with the crowd that was there in the venue I was in, that I was going to get a reaction out of doing a 10-minute lockup. And I did. And I marked the fuck out because I watched all these dumb bumps that everybody took. 
And I took zero bumps in my match and had a fucking better reaction than all the other matches combined. Right. I wasn't lazy. Wasn't that I didn't work hard. It was that I just decided to work hard in a different way. Right. With, and, uh, but yeah, man, it's one of my favorite matches now is it's, I call it the infinite lockup match. And the first time I did it was with low key in Chile. And it was like, <laughs> you know, this was like, you know, in this indie show down there, it was like everybody's WrestleMania match. So match one was already doing dives out of the ring. Match two was using Wepsons. Match three, they're jumping off the lighting truss, you know, and I'm yeah. going, well, what, what the fuck are we going to do? You know, c- come main event time. But I realized the one thing nobody did was a good lockup. And the only time the crowd reacted to those first four matches is when people actually stopped for a second and looked at each other. So I told Key, I said, I got our first 10 minutes, baby. And uh, so, yeah, there's these two two guys with huge Napoleon chips on their shoulder that aren't going to give an inch. And uh, we locked up and we didn't let go. We rolled around the ropes and rolled around the ring rolled under the ropes and we took that lockup around this whole venue behind the bar, up on top of the bar, up the stairs, on couches, through the crowd, just in this epic lockup of neither man wanting to give an inch. We did that for 10 minutes. Finally went back over the guardrail, rolled back underneath the ropes. We broke, we looked at each other and the whole place stood up and I just looked at him and yeah. And he's like, are you saying now we're working? So now I've recreated that match a handful of times. Cause I feel like some nights like that's what, I'm always trying to think, what have they not seen? And like you said yeah. earlier, Bobby, everyone sees the same shit seven times. Shit. Nobody's seen that. Yeah. And so for the for the amount of juice I get out of that squeeze, it's mm-hmm. super worth it because now when I actually start doing things physically, yeah. I have their attention. Now they're primed and ready. They want to see what's going to be next. And I'm 10 minutes in, and, and we haven't done anything but a great lockup, which most people can't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's working. Yeah, that's not that's not being a mark. I always say, man, we're supposed to be the conductors. We're supposed to be the conductors, and we and and a lot of times we're not. We're we're Pinocchio, no. and we let the fans be Geppetto. Yes. Right? We feel like we have to do all these tricks and these things for them to react. Yeah. Not nah, man. We're supposed to make them react. I tell you, this is my ring. I control this space, and right. I will win every staring contest because I got all night. I yep. will sit and stare at you until you crack, not the other yep. way around. And, and that's why. That's why these fuckers think that they can go home and get on their keyboards and type their opinion like it fucking matters. Because we've given them some of that. Sure. Like we've given some of that away to think yeah. that like they actually have a, a say. Yeah. Well, um, and the promoters even more so to a fault have done that. Yeah. Right? You know, the promoters... Yeah. Will will you know kowtow to the six fans that are outraged over this guy said that or he donated to this political party so I don't want to go to your show anymore and then the promoter doesn't book him well what did you just teach him you just taught you just your dog just shit on your carpet and you gave him a treat that's what you yeah. just did yeah fuck what a great analogy yeah great analogy yeah well you know when you're a promoter like that that's when you get your pizza thrown in the parking lot that's it it's true. <laughs> That's when, uh, that's when uh, get, you find out your, you know, pizza's not, uh, not end up where it's supposed to. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> I think that's where we got ended, folks. <laughs> We're ending on yeah. pizza. We're yeah. ending on pizza in the parking lot. Pizza in the parking lot. Well, next time we will, uh, we will do this again from a parking lot somewhere, and we yeah. will eat pizza. That'll be, that'll be our pay for the night. 
Yeah, vegan pizza. Yep. Vegan and a, pizza. Yep. And not ham sandwich. No. No. And no ham and egger here. No. Nope. I work in radio. I've actually been paid in pizza. What's yeah. that? What's I've that? actually been paid in pizza. I work in radio, so that's yeah. that's kind of oh, the oh, first yeah. like couple years. They were like, "We're just going to give you pizza to do okay. overnights." <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Fuck. Well, that's good for the physique. And now I'm here. That's here that's always man when they would bring in like seven pizzas to feed the boys. It's like you yeah. do realize we're all going to go out there in spandex to wrestle. Like, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine you think that happens? Like, like you know, basketball, like halftime basketball games. Like, Come right. and bring in like seven Domino's pizzas. Here, boys, have a couple <laughs> slices for go back out there. Like, fuel up. I didn't mean like, what's going yeah. on here, man? Fuel up. As like, if we all eat the same, that's why the wrestlers look like the fans, and the fans there look like go. the wrestlers now. They were all got the go. same lifestyle choices. We're supposed, to, we're supposed, to, we're supposed to be athletes, man. Right. So give me that pizza. Let me fill my face with pizza, and then get out there in yeah. the ring in my yeah. underpants and cut my head. But uh, wow. I'll tell you what, man, I'm uh, I'm kicking the idea around of uh, of maybe uh, promoting my first wrestling show later this year. I haven't decided 100 percent. It's something I've always thought about. And uh, because I figure, you know what, I have a lot of criticism. So I put my money where my mouth is and, and, and do it the right way, or at least what I think is the right way and, and go from there. You know, so. Well, I, uh, I think that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Where, where, where would we be? Uh... Probably down here in Florida. Yeah. 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 Warm weather. There's no wrestling down here, so. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Very true. Not enough. Yeah, but uh, so we'll see. It's something I've been thinking about. Uh, you know. Keep me in the loop. I would. Uh, I will. I will. Buy a ticket. Yeah, go we'll get. And, go ahead and we'll plug get the our podcast too before we before we let you. Yeah. Go plug, plug Check out uh, the Austin Aries show. You can find it uh, on YouTube. You can find it basically everywhere you find podcasts. You can yeah. follow along at Austin Aries Show on Twitter, at Austin Aries Show on Instagram. You can go to the YouTube channel at Austin Aries Show. And you can email at Austin Aries Show at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns. We do a little uh, segment called Big Bird Wants to Know. Ah, yes, yes. I was partook. That's where I put, put fan questions in my old Big Bird hat, and we pull one out, and we answer it, and I wear the hat, and it's fun. So, yeah. Yeah, give us a listen. Usually drops on Tuesdays, sometimes on Wednesdays, but usually every Tuesday we got a new episode up, and uh, the Bobby Fish episode should be coming out soon. Oh, nice, nice. I hear that guy's a, I hear he's a good dude. Yeah, it was a good conversation. <laughs> don't believe Bobby everything Fisher's you're a dick. What's yeah, don't believe like? everything you read on the internet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or just Yeah. Pick and choose. Thank you, gentlemen. No, thank you. Also, the pleasure. Yeah, yeah, lots of fun, lots of fun. I hope we pissed a lot of people off. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, it may be our last episode, but that's fuck it. You just look so much like your son there. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's <is> crazy. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Just so you know, Frank. Frank puts his son. How old's your son? Four. A horseman. Four. Uh, in the figure four leg lock. Oh wow! Yeah. So he, Austin, he did... you got to teach him young, brother. You got to teach him young. I mean, how how long are his legs? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's how long are my legs? I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, interesting. It's an interesting figure four. Yeah, yeah. figure two and a half. Yeah, yeah. Like, I never really thought about that part of it. Like, how are you? Oh, 
Yeah. Well, now that CPS is knocking on Frank's door, Frank, what do you got? <laughs> Not a damn thing. Not awesome. a damn thing. Perfect. Hey, how, how's my shirt? Uh, BobbyFishApparel.com, bitches. Oh, there we go. There we go. Cheap no, not cheap, not cheap. Yes. No, they're not cheap. Affordable, affordable. Yes. Okay, okay, thrifty, thrifty. And as always, Bobby. Or, yeah, I can't. Why oh, can't God. I get my only line God. on this fucking show right? Yeah. Fuck it. Say good night, Bobby. Good night, Bobby.